And welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, March 6th, and we start with local news. After a state House subcommittee's unanimous vote last week in favor of expanding protections to the Duck River, cautious optimism is settling in for county and state elected leaders hoping to keep waters clean for the most biodiverse river in the world. But lingering questions are keeping community advocates vigilant. House Bill 0447, sponsored by Representative Scott Sapicki, would expand the state's Class II scenic status along the river in Murray County, acting as a guardrail of protection. With Murray County commissioners in tow last Tuesday, Sapicki stood before the House Agriculture and Natural Resources Subcommittee, advocating for the expansion of protective boundaries for the Duck River under the bill. Subcommittee Chairman Representative Bud Halsey, a Republican from Kingsport, said the committee had seen a large run of contentious bills in the past couple of weeks, but none with such support as the bill to protect the Duck River. I never got as many emails as I got from your people in Murray County, Halsey told Sapicki. Representative Sapicki told committee members that there was a time when the river was not the most biodiverse, referring to when pollution from the former Monsanto Chemical Company imperiled the river. It's taken a long time to get this river back to where it was, Sapicki said. We have already protected the eastern side as a Class II pastoral scenic waterway. We're asking to protect its western side, he said. Also leaning on the river's use for outdoor recreation, Sapicki punctuated his comments with the importance of protecting the fastest-growing county in Tennessee. Murray County's water source for the next hundred years. Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti, along with Mayor Sheila Budd and other commissioners present at the subcommittee meeting in Nashville, said hats off to citizens who voiced support for the bill by sending almost 1,000 emails to elected leaders. Representative Chris Todd, another Republican from Madison County, raised questions Tuesday about how expanding the river's scenic status could create limitations to agriculture under the new protections, though the bill would protect existing agriculture developments with some exemptions. While highlighting decades of progress to keep water protected from pollutants, Todd said his other concern was property rights. Protecting this resource is very important, Todd said, but I'm always concerned about property rights and how something is going to affect someone else. Todd asked Sapicki about further ramifications for property owners regarding land use and discharge of materials into the rivers. Sapicki deferred to TDEC's goal of maintaining water quality, stating their job is not to prohibit business or land use, but to protect the water's pristine nature. While the bill's language focused on waterway protections, language for the designation of Class II rivers prohibits activities such as mining, timber harvesting, and building of roads. Meanwhile, in the Murray County community, some questions remain about a lingering solid waste landfill proposed by Baton Rouge-based Trinity Business Group, which has applied for multiple building permits on the former Monsanto Chemical Company site through the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. Last fall, community advocates moved swiftly to rally against the solid waste landfill, including a tire recycling center that would be located approximately two miles from the Duck River at the Monsanto site. The old Monsanto property is designated as a Superfund site, which is mandated for EPA rehabilitation due to the presence of hazardous waste. According to de facto expert and former Murray County Commissioner Sue Stevenson, the Monsanto property contains four buried capped pits containing phosphorus. 
Elected leaders hope that the legislation will thwart landfill developments that could cause pollution of the biodiverse river. Last fall, the Murray County Commission added further protections to the Duck River by adopting the Jackson Law, a state law that would prohibit the construction of landfills without the approval of city and county government. Jeremy Hooper, TDEC Solid Waste Management Representative, spoke before the subcommittee last week, explaining that the bill would expand the scenic status, which could in turn challenge landfill development. I can speak to solid waste management, Hooper said. There is a two-mile buffer from the Duck River in which solid waste landfills cannot be permitted. If this status is extended to that, we'd have to consider that in the permitting process, he said. County Mayor Sheila Budd recently made five new appointments to the existing Murray-Marshall Solid Waste Board at February's commission meeting, which will begin to seek solutions for new landfill sites. The bill will next be heard by the Full House Committee on March 8th. The Murray County Commission voted last week to approve a resolution which would remove the hiring and promoting aspect from the Civil Service Board for the Murray County Sheriff's Department. Sheriff Bucky Rowland requested that the commission amend Chapter 26 of the Private Acts of 2007 to remove the hiring component but leave the grievance component in the Private Act. According to Chapter 26 of the Private Acts, the Civil Service Board for the Murray County Sheriff's Department hold a number of powers, including reassignments and investigations. The board also has the power to hold exams for the purpose of establishing lists of eligible candidates for the various positions in the classified service, as often as required by the office of the sheriff. The commission initially voted on whether to abolish the civil service board altogether, but that vote failed by an 11-8 to margin. District 8 Commissioner Ray Jeter voiced his concerns over the act. It hinders the sheriff and his ability to hire, fire, and promote which causes public safety issues if the sheriff remains understaffed, Jeter said. Historically, the Civil Service Board has been more political than anything I've ever seen, he said. Jeter also said the board has been weaponized against the sheriff for political purposes. Jerry Williams, chairman of the Civil Service Board, which is made up of five members, said the board has no political agenda. I can assure you this board has the best interest of the Murray County Sheriff's Department and its employees in mind, Williamson said. Roland said it was not his intention to abolish the board, noting he has nothing but respect for the current individual serving. Even with the people we have, we still need to expedite the hiring and promoting side of things, Sheriff Roland said. The resolution is set to go to Nashville, where it will be brought before the General Assembly. It must pass the legislature before taking effect. Columbia State Community College welcomes Appalachian Roadshow to the Cherry Theater on March 16th as part of the first Farmers Performance Series. Appalachian Roadshow is a visionary acoustic ensemble bringing new generation interpretations of traditional Americana, bluegrass, and folk songs, as well as offering innovative original music, all presented with a common thread tied directly to the heart of the Appalachian regions of the United States. Appalachian Roadshow invites us to come and sit a spell on its porch as the band shares its dynamic musicianship through the songs and stories emanating from the mountains and hollers of North Carolina and Virginia to the coal mines of West Virginia and Kentucky. We are excited to welcome this talented group of musicians to our performance series, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. Their authentic bluegrass sound is beloved by many and tickets are selling fast. Don't miss the opportunity to join the celebration of genuine Appalachian music, she said.
Individual tickets are on sale for $30 each plus tax for adults and $20 each plus tax for Columbia State students. To charge tickets by phone using a major credit card, you can call 931-540-2879 or purchase them in person in room 113 of the prior administration building on the Columbia campus Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. On the night of the performance, the box office opens at 6 p.m. in the Kenneth and Ramona Cherry Theater, located in the Wayman L. Hickman Building on the Columbia campus. Theater doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the show begins at 7. The Columbia campus is located at 1665 Hampshire Pike in Columbia. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance dash series. Murray Regional Health has found a new way to make the most of its food not consumed by patients and staff on a daily basis. Starting in January, the organization has used a partnership with the People's Table to feed those less fortunate in the community. The idea was born out of an initiative through Morrison Healthcare, a Compass One healthcare company that partners with Murray Regional Health to provide food and nutrition services. The People's Table is a local soup kitchen organized by a collective of local churches and held each Tuesday and Friday at Columbia First United Methodist Church. The organization makes weekly visits to Murray Regional Medical Center to collect meals that would otherwise go to waste. The process has worked really well so far, said Jerry Coulter, Director of Food and Nutrition at Murray Regional Health. We're thrilled that we can help our community members who are less fortunate. Our employees really have taken this initiative on in full force, he said. The Murray Regional Medical Center Food and Nutrition Team packages food for families of four, as well as individual plates in tin containers that are picked up by the people's table. The tin containers allow the food to be placed right into the oven, and the meals are labeled by what's included and who prepared it. The people's table makes, takes any excess meals to Harvest Share, a food pantry in Columbia. We've increased from providing probably 135 meals to about 165 meals weekly with the help of Murray Regional, said David Barnett, director of the People's Table. It's really awesome because it helps our meals go further and helps our people, more people in our community, he said. Not only does Murray Regional Health get the satisfaction of helping the community, but it's also turned into a learning tool for the food and nutrition team. Employees can track what foods they are donating most often, teaching them where they can cut back and what they can use more of in the future. It really is a win-win situation for us, and we're so happy to be able to help our community, said Kevin Kimmel, Assistant Director of Food and Nutrition at Murray Regional Health. We use it as a learning tool to discover what foods are left over most often, while at the same time helping a local organization that is doing a lot of good for our community, he said. In addition to handling meals for patients and operating the cafeteria on the ground floor of the main hospital building and the Java Junction coffee shop on the first floor, the Murray Regional Medical Center food and nutrition team also oversees the Murray Regional Food Pantry. Since it was established in 2012, it has served more than 4,600 families, now helping 60 to 70 families per month. The cafeteria is open daily from 6.30 to 9.30 a.m. for breakfast, 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. for lunch Monday through Friday, and 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for lunch Saturday and Sunday. The Java Junction is open from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. Monday through Friday, and 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. Menus, catering options, and more information on the dining options at Murray Regional Medical Center, Marshall Medical Center, and Wayne Medical Center can be found at www.murrayregional.com forward slash onsite dash dining. 
car culture in Middle Tennessee is getting a mighty boost as an expansive, brand-new classic automotive dealership will be opening in Columbia in the near future. Johnson's Horsepowered Garage, or JHG, has announced that groundbreaking has begun on a vast 22,000-square-foot facility, and while the permanent location is taking shape, the dealership will be opening on a smaller scale in a freshly renovated building, also in Columbia. I've been a collector of classics and sports cars for a long time, said Jason Johnson, the visionary and owner behind the Johnson's Horsepowered Garage brand. It's something that has always interested me, and it's something I enjoy sharing with others. Car culture in this part of the country is flourishing, and it's something that brings all types of people together. We see the JHG dealership as another positive addition to the community, and we're looking forward to opening the doors to the public with an assortment of really unique vehicles available for purchase, he said. Johnson has a long history in the automotive industry that began in auto salvage, auctions, and high-quality rebuilds, and over the years, his eye for the best has become increasingly sharp. The brick-and-mortar dealership showroom will offer ever-evolving inventory that speaks to the demand of the market, and Johnson and his team will actively seek the best offerings across the country to populate the JHD dealership with thoughtfully selected vehicles. The facility is set up to offer distinct and ready-to-cruise vehicles, including classic cars, modern muscle cars, and sports cars and trucks. The community can also expect an up-close look at vehicles from the dealership as they are on display at local car shows and meetups in Middle Tennessee. Once the initial location is open to the public, jhgarage.com will also will uh, I'm sorry will allow those outside of the area to peruse the current inventory and arrange purchase. This dealership has been a dream for a long time, and to finally be breaking ground and moving forward on it is very exciting, said Johnson. To be able to build something like this in Columbia and to contribute to the growth of this town makes it even better, he said. Johnson's horsepowered garage expects to open the doors of the initial location in mid-spring of 2023, with the permanent location slated for a 2025 opening. The Murray County Democratic Party will be holding its biennial reorganization convention on Saturday, March 11th at the Murray County Senior Citizen Center, located at 1020 Murray County Park Drive in Columbia. New officers will be elected and new bylaws will be discussed at this convention. All Murray County registered voters who are Democrats are eligible eligible to participate in the convention. Party volunteers will check the voter registration and voting history of attendees to ensure the eligibility of participants. Others, non-residents, non-voters, and non-Democrats, including members of the press, may attend as non-participating guests. The Democratic Party does not charge dues and includes any voter who has voted in recent Democratic primary party primaries or identifies with the party's values as members. Doors will open at 9 a.m. and attendees must be in line by 9.45 a.m. to participate in the convention. The convention program will start at 10 a.m. and should take about two hours to complete. Light refreshments will be provided. The last county party convention was held in August of 2021, which was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Conventions are normally held in the spring of odd years. Democrats will pick a county chair, three vice chairs, a secretary, and a treasurer. The party will also select two district representatives from each of Murray County's 11 county commission districts to serve on the county party's executive committee. Murray County Democratic Party Chair James Dallas said, We look forward to meeting our Democratic friends and neighbors and discussing the future of our party in Murray County. We hope that this event will encourage and energize Democrats as we prepare for the 2024 election cycle. Chairman Dallas encourages Democrats to RSVP and pre-register for the event online. 
Links to the Facebook event page and the pre-registration form are available at Murray County Democratic Party's website at www.murraydems.org. Murray County Democratic Party is the local county affiliate of the Tennessee Democratic Party and represents the interests of tens of thousands of Democratic-leaning voters in the county. Columbia's powerhouse music venue, The Mule House, is taking the party outdoors for its inaugural supersized live music event series, and you're invited. On Friday, March 31st, The Mule House is transforming its back lot into a mega music party featuring multi-platinum headliner Chris Jansen and rising star Shane Prophet. The festivities kick off at 6.30 p.m. and promise to hype all the senses with incredible live music, food trucks, a beer garden, multiple bars, and exclusive Mule House party merchandise for purchase. General admission tickets are just $39 and available at MuleHouse.com. Gates open at 6.30 p.m. On the next day, Saturday, April 1st, the party continues after the annual Mule Day Parade ends. At 12.30 p.m., local favorite bands take the stage, Reeves Brothers, Wenzel Brothers, Yonder Grove, and Buck Six. The party isn't complete without the return of the food trucks, a beer garden, multiple bars, cornhole, and Mule House party merchandise. Gates open at 11.30. For Saturday's party, admission is free and open to the public. Chris Jansen is a live legacy in the making, according to Rolling Stone. Breakout country star Jansen is a platinum-selling recording artist, high-octane entertainer, multi-instrumentalist, award-winning singer-songwriter, and Grand Ole Opry member. The ACM award winner will has collected prestigious accolades that place him among country music greats. Shane Prophet is a hometown favorite and emerging country star with Columbia from Columbia, now signed to Big Machine Label Group Records Harpet 60 Records. This 22-year-old is rocking sold-out crowds at the historic Ryman Auditorium, touring with his chart-topping hero Chris Jansen and writing modern country tunes. This off-the-charts weekend of party events is designated to complement what's already happening during Columbia's annual Mule Day event. We remain in awe of what the Bridal and Saddle Club created as Mule Day so many years ago. Even more impressive is how they've continued to build and sustain those efforts over the course of time, stated Blair Garner, founder of the Mule House. I can't imagine any other annual event so beloved by the people of this town that could even approach the positive impact Mule Day has on our community and local businesses. Garner went on to say, Our humble hope is that the Mule House Backlot Concert Series becomes one more reason folks visit our beloved Columbia. This year, we have the great fortune to bring both Shane Prophet and Chris Jansen here for this first new outdoor series. We are so blessed to call Columbia our home and so grateful for our amazing community that has shown nothing but support for the Mule House, he said. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds today. The high will be 79 degrees with winds out of the south-southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect a few passing clouds and a low of 51. Winds will be light and variable. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. 
and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. For the love of the climb. For the love of the fall. For the love of knowing your kids' laughter is the sweetest music there is. For the love of Tennessee. Travel safe.
Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Tourist Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. High winds on Friday claimed the lives of three people in Middle Tennessee, all due to fallen trees, according to authorities. Most recently, a high school student in Gallatin died after a tree fell on her, according to Liberty Creek High School in a Facebook post Saturday evening. The student, Aaliyah Brooks, was in the hospital in critical condition on Friday and Saturday before passing, according to Liberty Creek in the Sumner County Sheriff's Office. Liberty Creek organized a time of prayer for Brooks on Saturday afternoon. In Hendersonville, a woman who lives on the 200 block of Lake Terrace Drive was walking back to her home with a neighbor when a tree fell, according to a news release from the city. Further information wasn't immediately available. Sustained wind caused downed trees and power lines throughout Hendersonville to fall. Winds also caused havoc with traffic lights, which were reported out on East Main Street from Cherokee Road to Chutes Lane and along Indian Lake Boulevard from Vietnam Veterans Parkway to Main Street. A person was killed in Humphreys County on Friday after a tree hit a vehicle, according to Humphreys County authorities. The weather-related death occurred between the 900 and 1,000 block of Little Blue Creek Road, according to the Humphrey County Sheriff's Office. A male was killed based on a report the Humphreys County Emergency Management Agency received. No further information about the cause of death was immediately disclosed. Storms Friday triggered tens of thousands of power outages, downed trees, broke power poles, and caused structural damage all across Middle Tennessee. Much of the region experienced wind gusts of 50 miles per hour and higher in on Friday, according to the National Weather Service. Clarksville had a wind gust that measured 79 miles per hour and Springfield reached 74 miles per hour, according to the National Weather Service. The storm started through Middle Tennessee around 9 a.m. and raced through the Nashville region just after 11.30 a.m. A number of school systems closed ahead of the high winds and storms, including Murray County Public Schools. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Midstate Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today and our final story. Icon Entertainment Group's Johnny Cash Museum, which has become a staple of Nashville country music and Johnny Cash culture, has been voted Best Music Museum in the 2023 USA Today 10 Best Reader's Choice Travel Awards. The revered Music City attraction, celebrating its 10th anniversary this year, was one of 20 museums around the United States nominated for the awards by a panel of travel experts earlier this year, and it garnered the top spot after four weeks of public voting that concluded on February 13th. It's a testament to Johnny Cash's lasting legacy that 10 years after his museum opened, it has been named the number one music museum in America by USA Today and 10 Best Readers Nationwide, said Bill Miller, Icon Entertainment Group's founder and CEO. Opened in 2013, the museum was the first component of Icon Entertainment Group's extensive presence in downtown Nashville, which now includes more than 100,000 square feet of commercial real estate and more than 500 employees. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.